Hey guys, welcome back. Let's start talking, continue to talk about your psychology, what's really going on, how to make the decisions that you want to make. That's the ultimate question. Do you have the right to exist and can you make the decisions you want to make? And can you also, inverse of that, stop making the decisions that you want to stop making? Well, it all comes down to understanding how emotions work, how your emotions work. We do not have decisions without emotions. So if you want to understand decisions, if you want to learn how to get your willpower back, as we say here, then you got to learn how your emotions work. There's a definite structure to them, what we discuss here. And because of that structure to emotions, there's a definite way to talk through them. And I would even go as far to say, believe it or not, there is an endpoint to therapy. There is a purpose to therapy that is fundamentally the same for everybody. Not they're the same in the specifics because we all have different experiences and temperaments and way of managing emotions. So, you know, the problems present in different ways, but there is a fundamental uh, goal of therapy that we can all get to. And I think I can help get you there. If you have any questions or just want to know more about what I do, well, continue to listen or watch this on YouTube if you are, or schedule a free consultation, animusempire.com slash schedule. This week, what are we discussing? Oh, lots of fun things to discuss. You know, cultural issues. What do I say about cultural issues? They are a manifestation of what each individual, generally speaking, is going through uh, psychologically. I think that was my, my, my favorite two examples I'm going to bring up. If you're long-time listeners, strap in or, you know, skip ahead to the uh, when I get to the new parts. But what does Jung say when the Iron Curtain came down in, uh, in Russia? or yeah in the, in the split between the, the west the communist west and the the free west after the world war ii okay well an iron curtain is in a sense coming down in each individual psyche in each individual soul there is a part of themselves that they are not communicating with yeah there's there's but we're split and there are parts of us that are not communicating well with each other same thing the assumption of mary by the catholic church 1952 i think it was or maybe 49 okay there's no longer a trinity. Now it's a quaternity. We are elevating the role of the feminine, of the anima, to a higher status. It's neither good nor bad. It's all in how we manage it. This is what everybody's going through now when they come into the clinic. And this is what we know about prominent cultural issues, especially ones that don't seem like a big deal on the surface, but they energize, right? They, they constellate our complexes. That says something about what's going on with us. So let's talk about cultural issues. Not to get political, but to understand uh, what is going on with us. Because, you know, there's just so much, not misinformation about psychology out there, but incomplete information. There's a lot of incomplete information. A lot of people telling you to, in a sense, manage the symptoms of your psychology. Right? Um, change the thoughts. Change, yeah, you have thoughts you don't like, you have suicidal thought. Well, just change it. If you have a negative thought, just change it. If you have a, a negative emotion or negative belief, a belief that you're not good enough, change it or let it go. You have, uh, what's it called? Scarcity mindset view of money and how it works. Well, just let that go. Program yourself. You better be listening to right music. You better be looking, listening to positive vibes, high energy music. Otherwise, you're, you're going to have an unhealthy psychology. This is all symptom management, and it doesn't really explain uh, what's going on. And, and uh, every advancement in every field, uh, ultimately what it does is it goes from managing the symptoms 
to explaining what's going on on a fundamental level, then we can just forget about this. And, and, and in a way, the field becomes more complex. Well, no, it doesn't. It becomes more simple, but it becomes more difficult. I think that's what you would find if you do therapy with me is we can make the problem really simple. We, we, well, therapy is simple. We'll figure out your issue, and it's going to be very simple. It's going to be duh-duh simple. It's going to be, you know, head slap kind of simple, but it's going to be difficult. Um, you know, even something like serotonin. Everybody's talking about serotonin now and how it, uh, you make it in your gut. So, hey, if, if you don't want to be depressed, then you better have a good diet. Now, I do think a, a healthy diet is healthy, and it probably will positively affect your psychology, you know, especially if you're, you know, eating uh, peanut butter cups every day. But what? I mean, what does that mean when somebody says 95% of, of serotonin is manufactured in your gut? Is they're, they're essentially saying, they're implying at least that, hey, just change your diet and you will increase your serotonin by 95%. Of course, that's not what happens. Now you can cause, yeah, I think, yeah, there is some evidence. You can produce more serotonin if your gut is healthier, but are you going to be 95% happier because of it? No, it can help. But is it the fundamental issue? No, it is definitely not. Can we measure somebody's happiness alone just by looking at their serotonin in their brain? No, that is one factor of many, you know, a pretty important factor. And I do think antidepressants can be helpful. I, I would definitely say fix your diet, start to exercise before you do start taking antidepressants. And I, of course, do think that they are overprescribed, but they can still be helpful. And I have recommended to people, though, of course, I can't uh, prescribe them myself. I have recommended, yeah, go to your physician and, and tell them what you want. And they'll, you know, they'll pretty much give you any SSRI you ask for or whatever one they think is good for you. And that can be helpful in some instances. Uh, again, it's not, it's not treating the fundamental cause. Just like changing your diet, you know, eating more uh, uh, fiber or whatever, uh, nutritional yeast, right? That's probably good for your gut. Eating more nutritional uh, yeast, is that going to be uh, a, a huge boon for your psychology? No, not fundamentally. We need to understand how your emotions work and what you see now, what you're learning about psychology and not only the therapy hegemony, as we call it, but also, you know, the mindset bros, the affirmation, positive psychology, positive vibe, energy bros. You get a lot of that on the Internet now. A lot of the pickup community, I think, has kind of morphed into that or much of like the, quote, red pill community has has morphed into that. And it's really not their fault because nobody's told them. There's a, there's a more fundamental way of looking at your psychology because the therapy industry, the hegemony, is completely out to lunch. I mean, uh, it's I, I know I've brought up this analogy before, but just you know, so we can understand this in, in a little bit better way, it's the paleo analogy. You guys are all pretty tuned in, pretty intelligent. You at least know somewhat about the paleo diet, even if you don't follow it explicitly. You probably are beginning to incorporate it into your life in some like. You probably don't do CrossFit. Hopefully you don't do CrossFit. But, you know, you probably are doing more deadlifts, maybe more squats now, right? You go to a gym and instead of only one squat rack or one deadlift rack or deadlift platform, now there's three or maybe five. So we're all influenced by CrossFit, I think, to probably a larger degree than most people want to mention because you look at CrossFit people and they're incredibly silly. It's just what they're doing. You're not supposed to do 35 snatches in a row. That's ridiculous. You do at most three. Yeah, add more weight and do three. That's what it's meant for. Otherwise, you're, 
You're cruising for a bruising. <laughs> cruising for something in your L4 vertebrae snapping. So I think we're all influenced by the paleo thing. Everybody's doing some kind of low carb. So, but what did the paleo, it was really Atkins and then it kind of got rebranded. Yeah. Atkins, Dr. Atkins had an alcohol problem, died of a heart attack. So that was bad PR. So the whole Atkins thing got rebranded into uh, into the paleo thing. And they go, so no, no, paleo is different than the Atkins because we talk about eating healthy meats. If you go get bacon, you get bacon without nitrites, you know, just... They're trying to separate themselves from Atkins in these uh, superficial ways. But what does the Atkins Paleo thing say? It says, well, there's a, a deeper cause to your obesity than just the amount of calories you consume. Now, now look, a typical nutritionists will say, well, what causes somebody to be obese? They will say something like, well, you eat more calories than, than you burn off. And that's true. That is a 100% true thing to say. What causes somebody to have, or, or why does somebody have some kind of neurological, psychological disorder? Because they have more negative thoughts than they have positive thoughts. Okay, that's true. But that doesn't explain why. Why do you have more negative thoughts than positive thoughts? Where is that coming from? Why are you consuming more calories than you burn? Where does that come from? Now, it's tricky because you can do the thing where you simply count the calories and go on the Stairmaster for 45 minutes every day. And you will lose weight because you can change the inputs and outputs of that system. Even though it, I would say it is just the symptom, you can change the symptom and it can work. Now, is it a long-term solution? Have you ever seen anybody smiling when they're on one of those like Nordertrack skier things? Well, that's what was, oh, oh elliptical machines. That's what, no, everybody's miserable on those. You, you look silly. You look like a silly person. Nobody's happy on that. So it's very difficult to keep that up for a long time because it's just not what your body's built built to do. And the reason why there's all this confusion is because you're not thinking fundamentals. And the paleo Atkins thing came along and said, look, it's really more about uh, hormone management. Eat the foods that are going to give you the healthiest hormones. Now, what's this, what this is going to cause you to do is naturally eat fewer calories. You're going to naturally begin to burn more calories than you eat, even though you're not counting calories. So yes, the calories still matter, but it's not fundamental. Same thing with your psychology. Yes, positive thoughts, positive, what we'd call positive emotions, they matter, but where do these come from, right? Like the gratitude list, the thing I harp on. It is important to be grateful, but if you are just making yourself be grateful, then you're no better than, you know, the, the crazy blue-haired lady on the elliptical machine, like counting her calories and saying, oh, I had a cookie that was 100 calories. I better go to the gym and burn off 100 calories. That's insane, and that works in the short term, but every as everybody knows by now, it does not work in the long term. Otherwise, the paleo low-carb thing would not have happened. Uh, I mean, very similar with money, right? I mean, why are people poor? Oh, on the surface, you just say, well, look, they, they spend more money than they make. And that's true. That's 100% true. And you can go li listen to David Ramsey, and he'll tell you to not get the $5 Starbucks. And look, look at how much money you'll save if you don't get the $5 Starbucks. And that's true. But I mean, in my experience, I've known people who have just been in dire financial situations, huge debt, and I've never seen them. I don't, I don't know the exact specifics of all these situations, but I've never seen them get through these situations by not going to Starbucks. It never happens. Either 
the, the financial troubles continue or they earn their way out of it or they figure out how to make more money. Yes, you are spending more money than you make. But the fundamental question is why? Why would you spend more money than you make? There, there is an issue going on there. Maybe a psychological issue, it may not be. Maybe a strategy issue. You may have a really good business, really good ideas, but you just need a new strategy. Right? Something I can't really help you with here. I can help you with a lot here, but a business strategy is something I, uh, I don't know much about. You know, so you just see this everywhere. And you know, one of my favorite, or not my favorite, but a hot button issue, the homeless problem. We have a huge homeless problem here in California, especially in California. I don't think it's as, ba- as bad as in, well, certain parts of California. You go up to San Francisco and it is as bad as the media says. It's, it smells like urine. Uh, it's a problem. I mean, there's still nice places in San Francisco you can live, maybe, you know, toward the western, the northwestern part of it. But a lot of it's pretty bad. Why do we have a homeless problem? Now, you can uh, say what Bill Maher says a couple of weeks ago. And in general, I don't know. I mean, Bill Maher says some intelligent things. Sometimes he says some stupid things, whatever. But you can say what Bill Maher said a couple of weeks ago and at least imply that we have a homeless problem because we don't have enough housing. That's not why. Have you even talked to a homeless person ever? I have. I used to work in a homeless shelter and it was very informative. These people are homeless not because there isn't a place for them to stay. Often there is. But they want to be alone. They want to isolate. They're deep in a neurosis, verging on a psychosis. And if they don't get the help that they need, then they are going to be homeless. It doesn't matter how much you get, uh, houses you build for them or how inexpensive they are. You give them all free places to live. And that's true of New York. I don't know if that's true of New York now because right there's more deinstitutionalization going on in New York. They're putting more prisoners on the street, nonviolent prisoners at you know, not that I think these people need to be in prisons, of course, but they need to be off the street and being taken care of because they can't live on their own. Because they have family who says, hey, you can come live with us, but they still don't. That is a psychological issue. So why does a nation, why does a city like San Francisco have a homeless problem? Well, obviously, we just need more houses for homeless people. No, but that doesn't solve it because it doesn't answer the question fundamentally why you would have somebody who would actually prefer to live on the street. Um, and that's what we're dealing with psychology is what I'm saying. Everybody's talking about the beliefs, the thoughts, the energy. Oh, you need more vitamin D. You need uh, the more serotonin in your gut. You need more magnesium. That can all be helpful but it is not going to be fundamental. That was kind of a tangent, but maybe just anybody new wants to know what we're working on here. We're working in the next iteration of psychology. We're working on uh, looking at a more fundamental way of how psychology works. We can really manage our problems and not just manage the surface like the crazy lady on the elliptical. Cultural issue going on this week, or I guess it was maybe two weeks ago now, but I'm late to the party. Yeah, so I'm back doing podcast. I why did I take a break? So, so just to clarify, why I took a break from doing podcasts? Of course, I was still doing uh, answering your questions, especially from clients or past clients. If you're not a client or a past client, I'm I, I may still answer your question, but I'm not going to guarantee that. If you're a client or past client, then I will answer your question. It's just a way for me to 
uh, yeah, maybe help what you guys are going through if, if you need little nudges here and there along the way, but also to tell everybody else what we're working on here. Uh, so I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna be back doing podcasts. I I cannot guarantee that I will do one every week because yes, why did I take a break? Is because I'm just kind of steering. Animus. I'm steering this whole business in a new direction, more on that in the future. But I'm really excited about it, and I think it's going to be a way for us to help out a lot more people. So if I didn't say I'm excited already, well, I'm excited a few times. So once more, I'm really excited about it, and I just had to take some time off, I think, to, you know, let uh, let the dirt settle to the bottom of, of the, the jar of water. You know, the analogy that I use in my book in meditation. You meditate, you sit still. So the dirt, so the issues settle to the bottom, and then you can scoop, have an easier time scooping them out. And my issue suddenly, my dirt settling was just figuring out what are going to be the next right steps I think I need to take. And I don't know if it's the right decision. You know, that's the thing about making a decision. I don't know if it's the right one. I do know it's the next one I need to take. It's the next one that'll be good for me. It may not work out. That's okay. If it doesn't work out, at least I'll know why. And there's nobody else to blame because I was the one who decided to do this. Um, but more on that in the future. I'm I'm still working on things. You know, I just had some extra time this morning, so I figured this uh, French flight ban kind of bothered me. That's a story that I heard about last week, although I think it's from a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, so uh, France is banning flights for uh, more than... Yeah, flights that are more than two and a half hours. So I guess the thing is, if you fly into Paris and you want to go to Marseille or the south of France, I don't know why you, you would want to do that. Oh, yeah, would you want to go to Marseille and Chateau d'If to, to, to uh, a Count of Monte Cristo? Uh, not, not a vacation, a field trip. That's what I tell my wife whenever you go on vacation somewhere. Like when we went to Guernsey. Uh, this is not a vacation. This is not going to be fun. I'm going to have my notepad out. This is a field trip. So yes, you go to Marseille, you go to Chateau d'If in the south of France for a Count of Monte Cristo field trip. Okay, so when you, if you want to do that now, you fly into France, or you fly into to Paris, and then you need to take a train because you can't fly any more than two and a half hours. Why? Because of global warming. Now, whether global warming is a problem, whether it is caused by our uh, expulsion of fossil fuels into the atmosphere, I that, right, that is not my area of expertise. I'm not going to... to speak to that but let's just say it is a problem even if you disagree let just as a thought experiment let's say it is a problem is this a good way to manage the issue i'll tell you what i know about this is this is how depressed people manage issues well this is how people become depressed is because they they come up to a challenge that they do not really know how to face they ultimately don't know how to tackle the way they tackle the problem is in a sense to retract the libido to retract the psychic energy not psychic, like you can read people's thoughts or send thoughts to people. Although I do think that is true. Just not, it's not literally true, but you know, you look at somebody's face. You know, my favorite thing I'd like to bring up. You can look at somebody's face and pretty much tell uh, what, whether they're stupid you, you, or not. Maybe their IQ, but you can pretty much tell when when's the last time that they read an intellectually challenging book. I mean, some people you can see the lights are on, but nobody's home. Right? That's what I mean by psychic. And this is what depression is, right? This you, you come up to a challenge and you just stop. You stop because you do not have the resources. And right now, maybe we don't have the resources to tackle this problem. But banning, banning any sort of, of uh, flights 
is not the way to handle the problem, regardless of your view on global warming and whether it's caused by uh, our, you know, carbon emissions. You ask, what do we need to do? How can we solve this? How can we get from uh, Paris to, to Marseille even faster? How do we create flights that, that don't produce as much carbon emissions? Or when we do, how can we clean up those carbon emissions? How do we keep going? Okay, we've hit a roadblock, potentially, if you think that global warming is caused by man's intervention. We've hit a roadblock. How do we keep going and not, uh, let's just go back. Let's just revert back to where we were. Can't, can't you just be happy? taking a train from Paris to Marseille. It's a beautiful French countryside. It's not that big of a deal. Depression is built on little blocks of, oh, it's not that big of a deal. What does it matter? I'm not gonna say that thing to that person because it's no big deal and I can just ignore it. Who cares? That's resistance. That is going to lead to depression. I guarantee it how often it takes or how long it takes, excuse me, how intense the depression is going to be, that is up to your genetics. Like, I know, I know if you do not do proper uh, insulin hormone regulation, or if you do eat more calories than you burn off, then you will get fat. I guarantee it. Where are you going to get fat? Maybe in your gut, maybe in your lower back, maybe in your butt. I don't know, maybe in your arms. You have like one of those weird guys who just get fat, fat arms. That is a genetic determinant. I can't say exactly, but we do know that you're going to get fat. Same thing. We do know you're going to get depressed. How it's going to manifest, I do not know exactly, but this is depression. This is what depression looks like, and it's so scary because we have great excuses, and that's what resistance is. Oh, it's no big deal. Oh, it's fine. Oh, I don't need to say anything. Oh, I'm not going to get through to that person anyways. No, you're not going to get through, but you're not talking to that person. You're not letting your needs be known in order to get through to that person. You're doing it so you are more connected with the world. Now, the next time a need comes up, and it may matter a little bit more, we can, you know, uh, put, put some kind of um, numerical value. If it's like a eight need instead of it's a three need, now it is going to matter. Now, if you don't shut down when, let's say, you're at a dinner party and somebody says something stupid, and then you previously would have said, oh, it's no big deal. Oh, I don't want to cause a fuss. Oh, it's not my house. You know, I, I don't want to say anything. I, I don't want to cause an argument. Okay, you can do that. But now the next time a, a level eight need comes up, I don't really think there's a numerical value to needs. It's all, it's all, you know, ten or one. You know, one or zero binary. Now you're going to be that much more likely to tune out the level eight need, right? And and this is what depression is. So I don't know if banning flight. Uh, that is more than two and a half hours is, is such a problem that this one issue, but this is very indicative of how we are managing problems in the West in general. We come to uh, a little bit of resistance, a little bit of a challenge from our environment potentially, and we just kind of shut down. Well, let's just not deal with that. And it's fine because, oh, whatever, it's no big deal. You get three meals a day, it's fine. No, we got to the place where we could get to from Paris to Marseille in two and a half hours because we weren't asking those questions, because we were saying, well, how, how can we? How can we make this better? How can we make this more efficient? You know, how can we get more people what they want faster? That's, that's how we get from, and I would argue important, that's how we get from France to Marseille in two and a half hours, and that's how we get from France to, uh, or Paris to Marseille, whatever. 
And that's how we get from Paris potentially to Mars in two and a half hours. But it's, this is typically a criticism of, <clears throat> of uh, the left, right? <clears throat> I mean, this is environmentalism. But the right does it too. And I see this all the time on Twitter. And it was kind of bothering me last week. The trad guys, the trad right guys on Twitter, guys who typically talk about mindset and energy, and you got to have good vibes. What do they do? What kind of architecture do they usually portray as the best? Some kind of gothic, medieval, classical, baroque, insanely articulated kind of architecture, which I do enjoy. I mean, you know, I'm a huge fan of Notre Dame, the cathedral. Not because I'm a Catholic, just, you know, means a lot to me because of uh, Notre Dame of Paris, Hunchback of Notre Dame. And that they, and what you see on Twitter a lot from these guys who have way more followers than I have is a picture of, let's say, Baroque architecture and a new skyscraper, you know, a glass skyscraper. And they say, you know, in a sense, calling the skyscraper soulless and we need to go back. We need, yeah, right. We need to revert back. Modernism, in a sense, what this person is saying is modernism, like the left, like like the left is probably who wants to ban flights that are uh, shorter than two and a half hours. We have come to a challenge with modernism and we need to go back. We need to go back to a train ride from Paris to Marseille. We need to go back to when architecture was classical and there was art on buildings. Just looking at the surface, like the person who bans the flight from Paris to Marseille, you are just looking at the surface of the issue and not actually understanding conceptually what is going on. What does the trad right-leaning guy, mindset training bro, um, energy bro, what does he not get what's going on? What does whatever the classical building, let's just say the Louvre, because I know the most about the Louvre, not that much, but I know it was built like in the 1100s, 12th century. It's a 12th century building built in a sense to defend Paris, probably against the English because I think it's on the north side of the city. So what does it represent? Now, you can look at the Louvre and say, oh, look, if, if only we had beautiful buildings like that. But what does it represent? It represents, I mean, war. War with the English. The French always hated the English. English hated the French throughout the Middle Ages. So tribalism, it represents tribalism. Dictatorship, because you wouldn't be at war all the time unless you were in dictatorship. It also represents censorship, right? Due to the art. You can call that art beautiful. That's on the Louvre. But well, why is there art on the Louvre? Because that was state-sponsored art. Because art was not this, this thing of free expression. Sure, there's some negative qualities in that. You, you, go, to, you, know, you go to MoMA. And you see a canvas that's just red, you know, uh, something like articulation or studies in red. And it's, you know, it, it's ridiculous. So there's some bad parts of this. We love to, lo love to focus on, on the, quote, bad negative parts of, mod well, not modern art, but postmodern art. And say, oh, let's go back to Louvre. Isn't that more beautiful? No, because look at what the Louvre represents. Let's get rid of two and a half hour flights. No, because what does that represent? What does that move psychologically represent? What is the move? And you don't have to like glass skyscrapers. You don't have to find them aesthetically pleasing. I don't care. But what does it represent? What does the glass skyscraper represent compared to what the Louvre represents? The Louvre represents tribalism, war, dictatorship, censorship. What does the glass skyscraper represent? The exact opposite. 
right? Peace, peaceful interaction, trade, pe people trading. It represents jobs, tons of jobs that actually make money as opposed to a job in the 12th century when the loo was built, which is just a, a money suck, an energy suck. Yeah, it represents freedom of, of expression, uh, freedom of, of uh, individualism, free trade, freedom of speech even, by the fact that there is no art or no conspicuous art on the outside of the building. You're essentially saying to put on this what you want. We're not going to tell you what art you're going to like. You can choose the kind of art you like because now it's not state. Well, there is state sponsored art, so that's a bad example, but much less so. There's much more freedom in the expression of art. So what is beautiful? It's like these guys who, who look at like an Instagram model and think she's and, and forget the for, forget all the that the Photoshop, forget all the makeup that they wear. They, they look ridiculous, right? I, I mean, it's one of those things, like if you haven't seen an Instagram model, if you haven't seen exactly what they put on Instagram for like six months and then you accidentally click on something and like you see your face or somebody retweets them on Twitter and you see your face when it looks like, it's like, oh God, it, it's jarring. It's like a woman's not supposed to look like that. But, but barring all that, Guys can get, get obsessed with an Instagram model because they're just looking at the surface. It's like, it's like you don't know what that woman is like. And I and maybe this sounds lame, like uh, I'm an old man now, my testosterone's dropping, so I'm thinking like this. Okay, maybe that's part of it, but it doesn't mean I'm wrong. You really do not know how beautiful a woman is. And I'm. this isn't licensed for a woman or anybody else to be 300 pounds, but you really don't know how beautiful a woman is until how you see how she reacts with you or how, how the, the relationship is with you. It's too often we just get mixed up on the, with the surface of the issue. I mean, this is the theme of this podcast. This is the theme of, you know, pretty much 95% of the episodes here. You can get mixed up in the surface of the issue and guys are think, well, what do I like about this girl? What do I want in a girl? And I do want you to have standards in a girl, but, but too often it's just about the standards and not about, okay, the standards are there. Good. Now, how's the relationship? How can you connect? That matters way more. What's the relationship with the skyscraper? What's the relationship with the banning of the flights that are shorter than two and a half hours? That is going to be what, what matters way more. But it all comes from how are we going to look at and so manage our psychology? I mean, I think we might be, yeah, yeah that's about time. I'm, I'm going to leave it there. If you guys have any questions, for the podcast um, that you want me to answer on this animus at animusempire.com if you're not a client or a former client I, you know, I still want to hear from you I will still answer you Probably, I, may, I mean I, if it's a really good question I'll, I'll still do a video on it but of course priority goes to clients and former clients more on how this business how animus is, is shifting here in the future I will, I will get to that more I'm working on it now again I'm really excited about it have I said that? And free consultations, right? If you have, if you really want to start understanding, right? I mean, if the shift from counting calories, let's say this was you, if the shift from counting calories to a Paleo Atkins thing was hugely beneficial to you, let me tell you here and now that the shift from counting your thoughts and counting your beliefs and counting your emotions to let me just figure out how my emotions work, how I can relate with people in a better way. So all that will, in a sense, take care of itself. If the paleo shift was a breath of fresh air, this will be 
10 times that breath of fresh air. I know it was for me. It is for my clients. So yeah, free consultations, animusempire.com slash schedule. I will let you know what we can do to help. And if I really can't help you, I will point you in a better direction for you. All right. Thank you guys. Take care. And I wish you all the pain and joy that comes from reality.